1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Eat What You Want Day, Tony. Have you tried anything new?
2: And Tony Kornheiser, no. Just my normal, well-balanced meal of pistachios and gummy bears, and I like those. Ooh. Do you like pistachios Ooh. and gummy bears?
1: Do you? I, I've never ate. I've never put a pistachio in my mouth ever, and I've never really? eaten a gummy bear either. No, no. Neither. Neither. Wow.
2: Uh-uh. So I've, I've, If anybody's listening, I'll give you some brand names, Albany's Gummy Bears and Wonderful Pistachios. I'm sure Bonnie would like them sent. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Angels are rolling, the PGA Tour takes a stand, and Barry Melrose joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the two number one seeds in the NBA, Miami and Phoenix, winning huge at home last night to take 3-2 leads in their series. Miami crushed a lifeless Philadelphia by 35 points, And Phoenix thrashed Dallas by 30. I felt the games were unwatchable. Wilbon, do either of these wins feel definitive to you?
1: Well, one was watchable because I attended one. The one out here in Phoenix last night, Tony, where it was close for the half. The first half was close. Three-point game. And then the third quarter, the Suns lit the Mavericks up. And the Mavericks couldn't hit a three for the rest of the night and pulled away. But, Tone, you know, the problem with saying something is definitive is then you ignore the recent history, like last week or even earlier this week, and you ignore that Dallas won both games at home and Philly won both games at home, and they're going back to those places. Now, I will say, Tone, to go back to, you know, you and Perk impressing upon me that this was going to be no series and then it turned into a series, I felt last night that the Suns discovered something defensively. And that the Mavericks are not going to be able to just snipe away from three-point range and win another game, even game six back in Dallas on Thursday night. I don't know about Joel Embiid and his physical situation. You and I both agreed, even if we talked about this yesterday. The Sixers can go as far as a healthier Joel Embiid can deliver them. But I'm going to say that Philly's going to win at home. I think Phoenix can close out in game six. I'm not going to Vegas on that. So maybe one of those two series I would answer positively.
2: Well, let me just say this. If you were going to go to Vegas, you'd be crazy to bet against a home team in this series. In these series, yeah. you'd be crazy yes, to bet right. against them because yeah. home teams have done well. I'll give you some numbers here, and it's one of the reasons. I honestly believe that Phoenix is going to win this game. I am not confident that Miami is going to go to Philadelphia to win. And one of the reasons are these statistics that I'm going to give you now. At home, Miami is averaging 115 points. On the road, 93. That's a 22-point swing. That's huge, outrageous. Huge. I mean, Philadelphia at home is averaging 108 and on the road, 93. That's 15 points. So there are these wide disparities in these particular series. What I saw last – so in, in other words, if do I have a definitive belief? No, absolutely not. You don't have a definitive right. belief until the home team loses. You know, and, and we haven't had that yet. What I saw last night, though, Mike, Philadelphia was not competitive. And they were they they, ready I, What happened to them? That was insane. You know, Joel Embiid in games three and four played like Superman. I honestly believe that Philadelphia was going to win four in a row. But other than Embiid last night, who was seven for 12, the rest of the Sixers shot 24-73. That stinks. That's 33. Per, you can't win a game like
1: that. I, what happened to Philadelphia last night? Tom, they weren't even ready to play. And Doc Rivers had to address this post game, saying, I got to get, we'll be ready next game. Well, why the hell weren't they ready last night? I didn't understand it either, Tone. And it shouldn't be up to the coach to get a veteran team like Philadelphia, of whom there are huge expectations starting in their own locker room. It shouldn't be up to the coach to get them ready. When they can't get ready, they can't pick up and beat in this situation when you need some help. That was weird. Hmm. Not that they lost, but that they got just smashed like they did Let's move to baseball, where it's still early, but the Angels have a lot to feel good about. Rookie starter Reed Detmer's no hit the Rays last night in a game that also featured Shohei receiving his 2021 MVP award, Mike Trout homering twice, and your boy, Anthony Rendon, homering in his yeah. first-ever lefty at bat against, you know, some position player stiff. Overall, the Angels are 21-11, first place in the AL West, Tone, is it safe to finally believe now that the Angels are putting something together?
2: So if I was Rob Manfred, if I was the commissioner of baseball, and I looked at the standings in the paper today, and I saw that the two teams from each of my marquee cities, Los Angeles and New York, were doing this well, I would feel really good. Now, the Dodgers and the Yankees have spent money wisely for a long time, but we haven't seen the Angels and the Mets in this sort of position. Um, You'll have to say it's early, but if you look at the Angels, they spent a bunch of dough and sometimes got people who were just about to go over the hill, like Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton, okay? They never got the pitching right. So we sit and we bemoan over a period of time, Mike, that they have Mike Trout and he never gets into the playoffs. Well... They got more than Mike Trout now. They got two MVPs now. They got Otani and they got Trout. And as you say about Rendon, who I watched for years in Washington, I never knew he could swing lefty. He never. He was a right-handed hitter. He got up there and, yeah, a position player, but he took it out. He's one for one and a bomb. So with the caveat that it's early, I, I like the Angels. I do.
1: Yeah, Tone, I'm not going to have the big market obsession that you have. He, even though I live in a couple of bigger markets than you live in. So I'm not going to wear that and pop my jersey because I live in big market cities. I'm just, just well, you know, I just happened to mention it as an aside. But I want to go to the Angels (laughs) pitching tone, which you mentioned, and this is good. So Syndergaard, Detmers, who pitched a no-hitter last night, Otan Shohei, which we know, Michael Lorenzen, and Patrick Sandoval, they right now have the eighth ERA among starting staffs, eighth. I mean, that's not top five, but it gives the Angels a start. Because as we know, as you mentioned, Tone, they didn't have any pitching. They couldn't get the pitching right. And so we don't know if Iglesias is going to be the closer enough. I mean, he's pretty good with 34 saves last year. We don't know if that's going to carry them. But, Tone, with that lineup, if that pitching can hover around, what, somewhere between 7 to 12 even, that might be enough to get the Angels there. And big market or not, Tone, they got people you want to see. They had attractive that's stars. Right. And that's where Rob Manfred or maybe all of baseball ought to be happy because people are looking at baseball half the time going, what, what, what's going on? Who are the who are the big stars now? The Angels have them. And you'd like to see them produce longer than, say, August 1st.
2: Let's move to golf. The PGA Tour has decided against allowing its members to play in the Saudi Golf League's initial event next month in London. Previously, the tour told its players that if they play somewhere without permission, they might face suspension. Wilbon, does what the PGA Tour has done make sense to you?
1: No. The PGA Tour, does the PGA Tour have some collectively bargained agreement that has the strength of the team sports in North America that we're very familiar with? Who do they own? What is this? They think this is a reserve clause in the 1920s and they can just tell people what to do because they're the league? I know. no. I mean, it did this. Tony, I, look, that's the conversation in, in, in this community, which is a huge golf community in Arizona. And I mean, it's like you hear the word lawsuit all the time. Lawsuit. What PGA players don't can't afford lawyers. Of course they could. And so I think there's either a dare coming, you know, prove it. Prove to me that you are going to make me ineligible for your league because I also play somewhere else. I don't believe it, and I don't believe PGA Tour players believe it. Now, maybe they'll just be cowered into it. Maybe the PGA is just thinking we'll flex and they'll back down and we'll slow the roll of Greg Norman and his rival league at the start of this for a little bit, but I ain't buying it and I can't believe they would.
2: Yeah, I agree almost down the line with everything you've said about this. I I mean, one of the things that strikes me is that the PGA Tour appears to be in some sort of partnership with the European Tour and the Asian Tour because they always give permission to their players to play in Europe and play in Asia. Yes, They never deny permission. So why would they deny permission to the Saudi Gulf Because they see them as a threat. You know, I've got some friends who are lawyers who have said to me over the last month, I'd love to have that lawsuit. I'll sue for <laughs> yeah. restrain a trade, and I'll get golfers free. Greg Norman has said the same thing, though I don't know that he went to law school. But I'll read you a Greg Norman quote. Sadly, the PGA Tour seems intent on denying professional golfers the right to play golf unless it's exclusively for the PGA Tour tournaments. But we will not be stopped. We will continue to give players options. I, I think – I don't know that it's a bluff by the PGA, but I think it's bluster by the PGA. And Mike, to me – Look, they don't care if a bunch of old European players like Westwood and Poulter and Sergio Garcia play in the Saudi tour. They don't care if Kevin Na and Bubba Watson play in the Saudi tour. Here's who they care about, Mike. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Colin Marikawa, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hobbit. Guys like that that move All the needle it. in America All and Tiger it. Woods. Yeah. And, and yeah. Tiger Woods. So if they want to fight the Saudi golfer, you fight it with money.
1: You give them what the Saudi Golf League's going to give them because golfers are going where the money is, right? And by the way, Tone, by the way, if Tiger Woods decided to play a few events on the Saudi tour and then say, yeah, I'll be back next week in Florida to join you, you think they tell him yeah. no? That would be a lie. No, they would not. That would be a no, blatant they lie. They don't That's have right. the That's right. guts. I'd like to say another word it's to not really guts. sort of it's back up that bullying. They don't think, it's a stupid please, thing stop. to do. Stop it. Let's take a break.
2: Coming up, the Maple Leafs are one win away from advancing in the playoffs. But given their history, should
1: we expect them to get it? And later, where does Ja's injury leave the Grizzles in tonight's elimination game against the Dubs in Memphis?
2: Big we game do a lot of golf. Let's see if they
1: can win without it. The Golf Channel
2: should simulcast us. You know, take us off the ESPN feed. Because we do a lot of golf. Because we like golf. We do. We do. And this PGA Tour, this has got to
0: be empty threat. Pardon the Interruption is brought to you by Verizon 5G, from the network more people rely on. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two... by visiting electricebikes.com. That's lectric dot Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
2: Wilbon and I need a fresh infusion of NHL insight because we have none. So let's bring in our great friend, Barry Melrose. It's a long question. Stay with me, Barry. The Leafs won at home last night to go up 3-2 on Tampa Bay. I know you like Tampa Bay. Toronto was up 3-1 last year on Montreal. Toronto was up 3-2 in 2019 on Boston, and Toronto lost both times. Have they convinced you that this year will be different for them?
3: No, I'm from Missouri. I want to be showing. Uh, They haven't shown me enough yet. Uh, There's a lot of teams that are good during the regular season uh, that don't get the job done in the playoffs uh and and that's what winning is all about showing up in the playoffs winning the the battles and when you're playing every two nights playing hurt and when you're uh, playing so hard and uh, night in and night out so uh, they're good uh it's a great story if they uh, make it to the uh, stanley cup play- finals uh but uh they, they got to show me I, I i like their talented guys i love their young guys uh they've shown some character they've shown a lot of character but, um, you know, you've got, you got to beat the big dogs if you're going to move on, and they haven't done that yet. So here I'll just to interrupt, and
2: we'll bond for a second. just one. Qu- so you're staying with Tampa Bay. As we see, here, with Tampa Bay. you're staying yep. with Tampa okay. I'm staying with Tampa okay. Bay. I,
3: I, I believe in Tampa Bay. I, I think that they're a, a team that has shown that uh, the bigger the game, the better their stars played. And uh, Tampa Bay has done that, and they got, they, Toronto's got to show me they can beat a team like Tampa Bay. So far
1: they haven't. Speaking of star players, Barry, Edmonton's star players have played pretty well so far in the series against the Kings, but Edmonton still one game from being eliminated. What's not working there? Wow,
3: that, that, they, that was tough on them last night. Uh, Edmonton was great. McDavid was great. D- Dreisaitl was great. They had the puck. They were, they were carrying it all game long, it seemed. It was on their sticks. Uh, they played just about every minute, and, and maybe they did in overtime. Uh, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is the, uh, LA Kings, a bunch of working guys that pay a price, block shots, uh, play as a team, uh, were able to beat the mighty Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, I, it, it, that's a tough loss. So there are losses that you don't come back from, uh, and, and a loss like that, where you, where you played so well and so hard and, and you don't get a, a win out of it. That, that's really tough on, on, uh, uh Edmonton. So, um, we're, we're going to see how those superstars respond, but uh, that was a tough loss.
1: Let's go to New York and some tough decision-making, Barry. The Rangers' decision to stick with their number one goaltender despite a couple of awful periods and being pulled twice, having to pull him twice, starting him again in a must-win situation. Is that a decision you would have made to stay with your guy? Would you go to the backup goaltender at this point?
3: I I would uh, start him, uh, but it would be a short leash I'd have him on. If he looks like he's shaking at all. Uh, I would have him pulled. Uh, I'm not going to wait for the normal three uh, goals against before I pull him. Uh, and then you're just hoping as a coach and general manager that your best player, and he's been your best player, and he's going to win a bunch of trophies this year. Uh, those were just blips on the uh, radar. So uh, uh, that's what I'm going to be watching out of that game. Sisterkin so is he going to rebound? And you mentioned he's been pulled twice. So uh, it's going to happen a lot quicker this time than it did the, the two previous times.
2: 10 goals in his last three periods played. Ooh, not very good. Not in the playoffs. I'll get you out not of here on good. this. Now, uh, the Capitals are at the Panthers tonight. This is game five. The series is tied 2 to 2. I thought last week when you were on this show you were picking the Capitals, but maybe not. But at 2 2, who are you
3: favoring from here on? Uh, you know what? I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to pick uh, the Caps. I, I, I think that they're built for this time of year, they're built to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, Ovi is playing great. Uh, Oshie's playing great. Uh, the veteran guys that, that have played so well uh, for Washington over the years on their, their runs to the Stanley Cup, I see no reason to think they're not going to play a great game uh, tonight uh, against uh, F- Florida. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe in experience. I believe in guys that have done it before. Th- those are the guys that seem to make the big play at the right time. And uh, the Caps got a lot of guys like that. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate My it. My pleasure, guys.
2: Thank you. Let's take one last break. Still to come, will the Celtics or the Bucks go up in their
1: series tonight? And we'll have a few thoughts on the life and times of the late, great Bob LeGue. So before you got to the
2: set, Barry and I were talking for about 10 minutes. I did two five good minutes with Barry. I hope they taped <laughs> it, and I hope they
4: run it tomorrow because it was good. well, good. That's good
2: Happy time, people. Happy 34th birthday, Brad Marchand. The Bruins' veteran left wing is a four-time All-Star and was on the Bruins' 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Marchand has spent his entire 11-year NHL career in Boston. He had another good scoring year, 32 goals, 48 assists. Marchand has been in the league's top ten in both goals and assists three different times. Marchand is well-known for his annoying and unhygienic habit of licking other players' faces as if he were a golden retriever. In a just-released Players Association poll, Marchand was voted the player you least enjoy playing against but would like to have on your team. And he got a
1: whopping 26.4% of that vote. He's just nasty. I I wouldn't want him on my team either. By the way, Boston is down 3-2, Tony, to Carolina in a series where the home team is dominated. 15-4 is the collective score, the aggregate score, in the three games played in Raleigh. Doesn't make you feel comfy if you're a Bruins fan about trying to win game seven down there.
2: Happy anniversary, John Franco. On this day 26 years ago, Franco was honored for his 300th save for the Mets, the team he played 14 seasons with. Sadly, Franco wasn't around for the end of the game with the Cubs on John Franco Day at Shea. Franco was thrown out of the game, along with eight other players, for getting into a bench-clearing brawl. Franco came up to the majors with the Reds in 1984, did not leave until after the 2005 season, which he spent with the Astros. Although no one would put him in the same class as crosstown relief guard Mariano Rivera, Franco had a 289 career ERA, and he ranks third all time in games pitched, 1,119, fifth all time in saves, 424.
1: As you outlined just then, Tony, Franco had a distinguished career, yeah, because he was a Met. And what I remember most about him is that brawl with the Cubs, my beloved Cubbies. I just dismissed Franco. Just get out. He, was, he had a terrific career. He really did. A melancholy
2: trails to Bob Lanier. The Hall of Fame center for the Detroit Pistons, who became a global ambassador for the NBA, died yesterday at age 73. Lanier averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds over 14 years in the NBA with Detroit and Milwaukee, playing against some of the greatest big men of all time like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, Willis Reed, Wes Unseld. Lanier was the number one overall draft pick in 1970 out of St. Bonaventure and was a great pro right away. He was a big, solid man with enormous feet. A pair of his bronze sneakers, size 22, is on display at the Hall of Fame. As tough as Lanier was on the court, he was kind and gentle often.
1: Tony, I know how much you liked and respected Bob Lanier. Um, he was out here spending the chunk of his life in the desert as I do. I would run into him and often he would say, you know, the day after one of our shows, you tell my friend Tony Kornheiser, I said there was no one more engaging and better to run into than Bob Lanier, who just crusaded for education among players, particularly after, you know, late in their careers. Um, and and literacy, and just all of the values we hold dear. Bob Lanier was on the right side of everything. And um, it's just sad to me to get this news. I I love running into him. And again, among our favorite basketball players of all time, people should know, he's way up on the top of the list for both of us. Quick to the big
2: finish. The Bears signed quarterback Nathan Peterman, your boy. You must be very excited about this.
1: I'm not excited about anything the Bears have done in the postseason. I don't understand anything they've done, nothing. This new regime. Today's Guardians-White Sox game was postponed due to a COVID outbreak within the Guardians. Your thoughts, Tom? Our friend Terry Francona
2: has tested positive. I fear that COVID is coming back big time, and so are masks. Nets GM Sean Marks says the team has not committed to extending Kyrie Irving. If he opts out before next
1: season, does that surprise you? N- nothing surprises me. I, it's, it's, no, we don't need hot stove and maybe for the season's over. They don't know what they're going to do with Kyrie, nor should they at this point. John Moran could be out of the rest of the playoffs with that bone bruise in his knee. It's tonight the end of the line for the Grizzlies, Tony. Not just because he's out. They're 20-6 and
2: six when he doesn't play, so not just because of that. Last one. Bucks is tied at two.
1: Game five tonight. Who you got? I got the Celtics, Tony, and I'm wondering about Giannis and his just his energy level late in these games. They seem to be wearing him out in a little bit.
2: A lot of time, we'll try and do better the next time. Happy birthday, Marty Tui! Oh,
1: happy birthday, Marty! I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's sports. PTI.